the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along for the uh, Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. Kath, good to see you as well. Um, Thank you. Do you have a, uh, a trip to Kennywood in your future? You no. headed out? No. Never? Not, not this season? You're going to skip by this no. season? No, uh, since I was diagnosed with vertigo, I have not been to Kennywood. Right. Which is very sad because Kennywood was probably my favorite place on earth. Well, what if you just went and sat on the bench? Oh, yeah, for 50 bucks. Well, you know. That doesn't sound like fun to me. Don't your kids want to go? Uh, Well, if they want to go, they can go. They They don't need me to go. I think, to be honest with you, I think they feel badly for me, Mm -hmm. which I understand (laughs) because I feel badly for me. I appreciate their sympathy. So then you we, sit on the bench a, we had a lot of terrific times at Kennywood. Heck yeah, you did. Yeah. Well, you can go, just go sit on the bench. I mean, I remember, you know, for used 50 to go bucks in. again, when it used to be, John, you know, where you could just buy, you know, pay 10 bucks to get in or $12 to get in and then you could buy tickets. Those days are gone. Right. You just get in for free, as a matter of fact, and just buy your tickets. I don't know. Okay. Well, so Kennywood, the good news is if you love Kennywood and who doesn't love Kennywood unless you have vertigo, uh, Kennywood is open and it opened over the weekend for season okay. pass holders. Now for everybody else, Nick Paradise, who is the, um, he's sort of like the PR guy, Nick Paradise. He's a friend of ours. He's he said that the capacity over the weekend or the uh, attendance over the weekend was at about 30% of capacity, which is what less than they expected. Kennywood okay. is allowed to operate at 50% of capacity. But he said as the season goes on, they expect people, more people to relax and come into 50% capacity. So that's good news. Great. Now, the weird news is, is that, you know, as part of the reopening, Ken, uh, Kennywood was following along other major theme parks, you know, like the big theme parks. You know, Disney World and Universal World, world. all that. Yeah. And they all had um, sort of like mask free zones where you could go into a place in a little designated area far from the crowd, take your mask off and go, okay, it just feels good for a while. 10 minutes max, you're allowed to do that. And they were good to go with that. Looks like, you know, that was part of their operation. However, Apparently, there was backlash against the three designated mask-free zones. So now Kenny would have said, okay, you just come in, everyone wears their mask, and there's no the uh, mask-free zone. What do you think? Okay, so who's mad? Is it the people who are pro-mask or the anti-maskers that are mad? I think it's the people who are the pro-maskers who are mad. The pro-maskers are mad because there's any place in the park where you can take your mask off. Right. Okay. I, I was concerned that maybe the anti-maskers were bad, that the park had a policy that they had to wear masks at all. Well, apparently when you walk into Kennywood Park, that you know you must wear a mask. And then there are people, Good. Kennywood employees that rove around that are designated mask, you know, sort of guardians. Hey, put your mask on. Hey, put your mask okay. on. Which can't be an I mean, easy job Like anyway. the mask-free zone, 
I don't know if you need to have a zone to do that. I mean, you can go off by yourself in a corner of somewhere, take it off and breathe for a minute and then put it back on. Right. Well, you know, Kenny Wood also has those this smoking zones. Thing. Have you seen the no. smoking zones? The smoking, I have seen the smoking zones. Right, where you can go and have a, you know, a few cigarettes. Yeah. So you can go take your mask off, have a cigarette. That's good. <laughs> Jump back That's on good. the chill And while your mask is off, you can breathe in someone's secondhand smoke. Right. It sounds like a terrific idea. Listen, this mask thing is so stupid. What an idiotic thing to be mad about. I'm sorry. If this is something that's important to you, I've offended you. And I just am trying to be honest about my opinion. It is not a big deal to wear a mask in a pandemic. Okay. If you say you're a believer in Jesus and you want to care for other people, just put on a mask. Well, people feel as though their rights, you know, their rights are being violated. Is that enumerated in the constitution? No. Your right to not wear a mask? Of course it's not. No, you know, but people are like, this is a hoax. The masks don't work. Please don't give me a hard time about this. I'm going to walk around. Yeah, it's a hoax. Yeah, we see numbers in Allegheny County climbing every darn day, right? Yeah. It's a big hoax. Look, I, 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 if 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 people think that, John, nothing that you or I is going to say is ever no, of course going not. to no. change their mind. It's just going to feed into their particular Ideology. brand of, of conspiracy uh, theory that they have bought into already. Look, I, all I can say is I hate wearing a mask. I hate it. It makes me, you know what I feel like when I put it on? I feel like I can't see. Which, what? which is weird because it's not doing anything to my eyes. No, no. But there's something about it. I just, I hate it. I hate wearing it, whether I'm grocery shopping or I'm in Home Depot or I'm wherever I am. I hate it, but I'm doing it. You do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm wearing it at the most 15 minutes or half an hour. How if bad I have to is go that? To grocery. Not bad at all. The people who are wearing it all day long. I know. You go into CVS and you see those poor right. people at the cash register. You exactly. Think, You're in this eight hours a day, you sweet thing. I'm so sorry for you. Which is why people who are customers who are complaining make me sick. Yeah. Like, go in, do your business, wear a mask, and stop complaining about well, it. Well, I think you know this is one of the key reasons why we're spiking here and why I have really low expectations that we're going to beat this thing anytime soon. Because, you know, everyone's going to walk around like a hero. I'm a hero. Don't tell me to wear a mask. And so, well, I don't know. I don't know. It's America, Kath. This is it's you know, know. baked into our DNA as Americans, right? All right. Speaking of being a hero, John, yep. Kanye West has decided he's not going to be a presidential one. What the heck? He's okay. not. I was surprised by this. Now, Kanye uh, announced on the 4th of July mm-hmm. that he was that God had spoken to him mm-hmm. and said that he should run for president. Okay. But apparently uh, he Not is this officially year. out. What's that? Not this year, though. Not this it's year. It's another year. Um, he said, it's a bitter end of a campaign. God just gave me the clarity and said, it's time. Um, it's God's country. I am the in service of our Lord and Savior Jesus, and I put everything I get on the line to serve God. Okay. But he could not get on enough ballots across the country. Right. And here's the big thing. He was only polling at 2%. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, the people around him, and I think, you know, the good news is he had the good sense to listen to the people around him and say, okay, even though I, I feel an urging from God to do this, maybe it's just not the right time. Well, when any of us feel an urging from God to do something, um, it's important, I think, that we do several things. First off, check it with scripture and make sure it's consistent. And second of all, test it with the people around us. And Mm -hmm. which is, I don't know if he did the scripture part, but he did test it with the people around him. It wasn't going to work out. I mean, from a human perspective, it kind of makes me laugh because how many of us at any time have decided that we're going to do something without really having any idea what it's going to take. And then you find out what it's going to take and you're like, Oh, "Oh, I'm not doing that. Right. 
I must have heard wrong from God. Right? Yeah, it's hard. When someone says God told me, that's the ultimate trump card because you can't argue with it. No. You can't right. say, well, God didn't tell you or, you know, you heard it wrong or, you know, you made it up. Right. I mean, you know, like I said, I've said this a million times. I'm talking to one of those uh, contemporary Christian artists, I think Bebo Norman. Bebo Norman. Right. He said, hey, man, if I had a nickel for every time somebody approached me and said, God told me that I was going to marry you. Well, mm-hmm. holy smokes. Then you become a Mormon. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> is that what happened uh, no i think Did i don't know if he's a mormon i don't think he's a mormon no and Anyways. i do think he's happily married so one person who god told finally did marry bebo norman okay well that's great that's good news okay so kanye's out i will say um i was contemplating voting for him because i liked his choir better than joe biden's choir or donald trump's choir <laughs> yeah i don't think they have choirs mm. the, the biden or the trump campaign mm. that's they? a problem that's yeah. a problem and kanye's is really awesome right. So if you had a choir, then, you know, if you were elected, then your choir could instantly become your cabinet. Right. Again, right? I just don't feel like he thought this through the whole way. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not in that circle. It's just beyond me. Okay. All right. Well, we have a terrific show ahead. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be informative. And we're really glad you're along for today's ride home. 510, we're going to talk to Wendy Alsup. Uh, She is a person I follow closely in social media because she has so many substantive things to say. We're going to talk about the local church at 510 and uh, what it can do for us, especially in light of challenges and suffering that we're enduring today. So that's at five o'clock. In the four o'clock hour, one of our most popular segments, Dr. Rick Zimmerman with our West Pennsylvania COVID-19 update. We'll be able to ask all of our questions. He's wearing a mask. And he is going to be, he's going to be wearing a mask while he's at his house and we're at our house just to be safe. It's even better than Kenny would. And coming up next, the church and disability. Dr. Stephen Grisevich with us. The question is for people who have special needs, is online church exactly what they have been hoping for? We'll talk about it next. It's the Wednesday edition. We're glad you're here on the ride home. WORD. According to the Apostle John, unconstrained love can become dangerous. Ahead from Chuck Swindoll. Charles Rowrie was right when he said love is like a river and it flows between the banks of truth and discernment. However, when it floods and leaves those banks, it becomes a dangerous thing. Join us when Chuck Swindoll helps us understand the beauty and boundaries of love. Weekdays on Insight for Living. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. It's time to stand with Israel. Sebastian Gorkehe inviting you to register for a life-changing trip to Israel December 2nd to 11th. Join me, my friend Mike Lindell, and hundreds of patriots on the Stand with Israel tour, a journey to the Holy Land to get first-hand insights into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. Register today at sebgorka.com. On the Stand with Israel tour, history, culture, and faith will converge right before your eyes in a truly remarkable country. I'll take you behind the scenes to explore over 40 iconic sites during an all-inclusive 10-day tour this December. We'll pray at the ancient Western Wall, sail the picturesque Sea of Galilee, float on the Dead Sea, explore modern Tel Aviv, and much more. Best of all, we'll be together with like-minded supporters of the nation of Israel. Reserve your spot today and travel with me on the Stand with Israel tour. Visit SebGorka.com and click on the Israel banner. That's SebGorka.com, S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A.com. Hi. 
I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our To Have and To Hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. Eager to continue your theological learning or engage more deeply with Scripture? Enroll as a non-degree or certificate student and take Greek, Hebrew, or other courses online this fall at Pittsburgh Theological Seminary. Application deadline is July 30th. Visit pts.edu. I was a little bit surprised but so happy to see how eager patients were to return to the office. And their loyalty and their friendship means everything to us. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Tom has been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. I was really starting to worry. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. In all the conversation we've all been having about how online church is going, do you like it? Do you engage? Do you just not turn it on? Are you one of the third of Americans who used to attend church who since COVID-19 hit have completely disengaged? Well, my question is, if you were a special needs family, would you feel differently? And that's why we're so excited to welcome back to the program, Dr. Stephen Grisevich. Stephen serves as the founder and president of Key Ministry. He's a child and adolescent psychiatrist who combines over 25 years of clinical practice and teaching with extensive research experience and evaluating medications prescribed to children and teens for ADHD, anxiety, and depression. He regularly blogs at churchforeverychild.com. Stephen, welcome back to the program. Kathy, thanks so much for having me back. That's our pleasure. So Stephen, this is a, a, an unexpected surprise of COVID-19. Everyone is Zooming church, but if you or someone in your family has been facing a disability and church has become difficult for any number of reasons, now when you're Zooming, it's made uh, church a lot, more, a lot more accessible, hasn't it? Well, it absolutely has. And so one of the things that happened with COVID-19 is that it basically leveled the playing field. So part of what we do as an organization is that we work with churches and help them welcome families who have kids with disabilities. It might be autism, it might be a mental health disability, it might be a developmental disability. And so that there are certain things about in-person church that makes attending hard. It might be anxiety, it might be the sensory experience, it might be the expectations in terms of social communication. And so one of the things that we had been urging churches to do for a long time was to think about using their online platforms as a tool to reach families with disabilities in the community. And so before COVID, while some large churches were doing a really nice job with this, the vast majority of places weren't putting a lot of ministry online. And so in March, when everything got shut down, one of the things that we found that a great many churches did is in addition to putting worship services online, they started putting in small groups online. Mm -hmm. They had Christian education online. 
And there were lots of aspects of the church experience that our families with disabilities were maybe never able to be a part of before that they have been able to be a part of given some of the shifts in how we've been doing church as a result of COVID-19. Stephen, it's it's a really fascinating and important thing for us to talk about because for those of us who don't have a special needs family member, it doesn't cross our minds. Okay. It's not just special needs family members, interestingly enough. There was a study that came out about two years ago out of Clemson University that showed that if you have a child with autism, it's 84% less likely that you ever set foot in a church. Mm. If you have a child with depression, it's 73% less likely Mm. that you ever set foot in a church. A child with an anxiety disorder, 45% less likely. And those are, again, very, very common kinds of challenges. So we're talking about lots and lots of people here. But part of how this would play out is that You think about, like, you know, if you have a family where you have a child with, you know, a special need or some emotional or behavioral issue, it becomes very hard to find babysitters. Mm, So how hard is it to be part, like, if if your church does small groups, how hard is it to be part of a small group if you have struggles being able to find child care? Um, One of the things that I found most encouraging is that there's actually a kid that I take care of in my practice where his mom follows me through social media. And and about a month ago, they posted a video of him singing along to their online worship from the family living room, which is something that he'd never been able to do before because, you know, for him like the like the volume of the music and all of the stimulation was too overwhelming for them to be able to take them to church. So mom and dad were kind of taking shifts, you know, and each taking a turn to go while he stayed at home. And for them, it was really the first time that they were able to worship together as a family. And so one of the things that we hear a lot from the families that are served by our ministry is that, you know, especially as churches are trying to, quote unquote, get back to normal, Normal didn't work for a lot of our people before. Mm. And so there are lots of folks in the disability community and those of us who are involved with ministry to them hope that churches are going to continue to make available um, the online worship, being part of a small group. I know that at our church, we have downloadable resources every Sunday for kids where parents are doing ministry from home. And, 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 and all of those tools have been very much embraced by folks in the disability community. And so given that when we do get a chance to go back to church, it's the families with the disabilities who are least likely to be able to return for, for health reasons. We know that, mm-hmm. well, again, like most children are not going to be significantly impacted health-wise by COVID-19. The ones who are are disproportionately kids with disabilities. And so since, since our folks are going to continue to be at home for the foreseeable future, it's very important that churches not think that just because we're able to like get together at our building and worship again, or all gather together outside and worship again, that there aren't significant number of families who are going to be left out if we don't continue to do mm. some of the things that we started to do over the last four months. 
So I wonder about this, Stephen, you know, because, of course, all of us who are regular churchgoers, you miss your church family. And, of course, I, I get what you're saying about it does provide a window of opportunity here for those with disabilities to be part of the community. But what about that, you know, that face-to-face, that tactile, that relationship, that weekly community, whether it's, you know, a Wednesday evening of Bible study or Sunday worship, you still need to be, you know, you need to show up and see and be seen to be deeper in the community, don't you think? Well, absolutely. So that one of the one of the misnomers I think a lot of people have about online is that it's an either-or. I see. Mm. Part of how we've seen this in terms of, like, the work that we do with other churches with our ministry is that it's, it's an outreach and connection tool. And that the idea is to take the relationship that you build online and to have that relationship progress to the point that folks are able to, you know, to worship together in the physical presence of one another when it's time to be able to do that. But like, for example, like if you think about, you know, again, the family that's been unable to come to church as a result of, you know, having a child with autism, or maybe mom has a significant issue with social anxiety, you know, or they, or they can't find somebody to be able to watch like another person in the home with a disability. Making a connection with someone from inside your church online, you know, having them be part of a virtual group gives them people that they will know and relationships with which they're comfortable when this COVID thing is finally over and we are able to gather together online. So again, it's, you know, it's, it's an evangelism and outreach tool and a tool for building relationships as opposed to an ongoing, like permanent alternative, because our hope is that we would be able to include these families in all of the things that we do as a church in terms Mm of, you know, how we grow in faith, how we try to serve other people in the surrounding community, how we try to share the gospel. You know, so, that, so that the goal is inclusion, but we, we, need to, we need to be able to have a relationship with them first. And this has been a very useful tool during this time for building relationships. That's really terrific. It's so good to hear, Mm -hmm. um, really eye-opening, that it's not an either-or. It's not an in-person or an online experience we should be looking for in church. But especially for a lot of uh, special needs families, it's both. Stephen, uh, I really appreciate your ministry. I appreciate uh, you being on the program today. Now, tell people, if they're interested in connecting more, finding more resources, where would they go? Okay, www.keyministry.org. We have all kinds of free training, resources, and we offer free consultation and support to churches that are looking to welcome families impacted by disability. Um, wrote a book called Mental Health in the Church that puts forth an inclusion model for churches that are looking to welcome families who've been impacted by mental illness, and that was published by Zondervan. Very nice. Well, Doctor, thanks so much. It's been a pleasure to have you with us here. We hope to uh, reconnect with you at some point in the near future. Thanks again. Thanks so much for having me back. That's Dr. Stephen Gersevich. He serves as the founder and president of Key Ministry, Child and Adolescent Psychiatrist. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, um, did you hear about the museum, the museum curator who resigned after he was accused of racism for saying he would still collect art by white men? Mm-hmm. We'll talk about okay. it next in today's Friday.
So this is a true story. Quarantine 2020. My buddy is trying to convince his eight-year-old daughter to finish her spelling in the midst of their homeschooling. She's begging to go outside and play. So she says with confidence, Dad, hello, H-E-L-O. I've got spelling down. What I took from the story was, teachers are crazy awesome. They're just built with some advantages that allow them to educate our kids in awesome ways. At our Faith and Family Mortgage Team, we're blessed with a pretty special advantage in our world. Our team is lucky to be an arm of a bigger company that is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls, an advantage that often allows us to get you a better rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money on a refinance or new home purchase. We our United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community. The message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music and the people. The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation. The people are amazing and truly love one another and Christ and our pastor preaches the I want everybody to Pittsburgh to come and experience. First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, in the heart of the city, with the city in its heart. Coming down the home stretch is Liberty Mutual, followed by Customizes Your Car Insurance. But wait, from the back comes So You Only Pay For What You Need. So it's Liberty Mutual, Customizes Your Car Insurance, So You Only Pay For What You Need. And I'm pretty sure this is just an elaborate insurance ad. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Eager to continue your theological learning or engage more deeply with Scripture? Enroll as a non-degree or certificate student and take Greek, Hebrew, or other courses online this fall at Pittsburgh Theological Seminary. Application deadline is July 30th. Visit pts.edu. We are welcoming patients back, and we're happy to do so. Although we can't give the normal hugs or handshakes that they might be used to, the same exceptional dentistry, the same compassionate care is still there. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. We're all thinking a lot about school these days. Like, will the kids ever go back? Or why can't they have enough work to last the whole day? Or if it's all online, what are the teachers really doing? Now's a perfect time to consider a Christian education with a school who will be a true educational partner for you and your family. Many are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees, like Cornerstone Prep in West Mifflin. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com slash tuitions. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, Play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. Clear to partly cloudy tonight's low 68. Humid with clouds and sun Thursday. Watch for some strong thunderstorms around in the afternoon hours. High 87. Thursday night, showers and a thunderstorm. Otherwise cloudy, low 69. Friday, clouds and sun with a shower or thunderstorm. Humid, high 86. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. Well, we live in this strange world. I mean, everything is kind of topsy-turvy, upside down. So uh, I love this story only because it's out of Twilight Zone. San Francisco, 
Okay. San Francisco, which is the you know the top of the nadar of of left leaning liberal elitism, right? Uh, irate employees of the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art said the removal of Gary Garrels, who is a curator, was non negotiable. Uh, Gary Garrels was senior curator of painting and sculpture at the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art. He resigned his position after museum employees circulated a, posi- a p- petition that accused him of racism and demanded his immediate ouster. Uh, the accusations that Garrel's choices as an art cu- curator are guided by white supremacist beliefs is a very serious one, but it does not hold up to even minimal scrutiny. The petitioners cited few examples of anything even approaching bad behavior. He has uh, apparently articulated this sentiment. He says this, um, he allegedly said uh, at a presentation he was concluding last week on how to diversify the museum's holdings by saying, quote, don't worry, we'll definitely still continue to collect white artists. Okay. Is that all I he got said? him fired. All, okay. That essentially four, people were so upset that he said, we're diversifying. We're looking at uh, artists of color. We want to be inclusive in this. Of course, you're in San Francisco. I'm sure it's extremely inclusive. Mm-hmm. But by even saying that, that we'll continue to invite white artists what, into the into the fold, people got mad at him about right. that. Okay, so this this I I know nothing about this uh, this particular circumstance, but I'm going to extrapolate what I think happened there. Okay, I think that he was probably thinking about all the people that donate to the museum because that's part of him being a curator. A big big thing. Yeah. Right. And so he's thinking he wants to make sure that the people who are donating to the museum recognize that he's going to be inclusive of all people, including white people. So that it's go, he's going to look at it as everyone's happy. we're, We're going to look for the, for the, for the best art we can, but he's also trying to let every donor no matter what their color or, or political perspective or whatever, know that he's trying to be as inclusive as possible, but that they're, whoever they are, is included. Here's what he right? said. But and hold on, let me break in. Okay. I'm guessing that the other people who work at the museum who have nothing to do with donors want to be incredibly PC are like falling off the left side of the wagon and think that any mention of white people now is verboten. Right. That may be true. So he says this in a statement announcing his decision to step down. Garrels apologized for the harm that his words caused. Quote, I do not believe I've ever said that it is important to collect the art of white men. I have said that it is important that we do not exclude considerations of the art of white men. Okay. I don't. See, so this it. isn't going to solve our problem. So if our problem is that we have been white centric in America in every possible way, which we have, which hopefully at this point in our history, we are striving to come to terms with and find a way forward that is gentle and kind and strong and inclusive. Doing this is not going to help. So deciding that now white people don't count is now we're, we're going to make the same mistake. It's this, this, this is silly. This is okay. not the way to have conversation. This is not the way to evolve as a people. It's not the way to evolve as a museum. Well, see art is so subjective. And so if you're a gatekeeper in that subjective realm, then of course you're going to be under scrutiny, right? But how do you decide what art is allowed or not? 
Are you going to decide on the quality of art now by the color of your skin? Right. Well, that doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, it's hard enough for curators to decide what's art, let alone who's doing it. Especially modern art. Yeah. I mean, that's just, but isn't it the same conversation that we're going to have in just a little while about Barry Weiss and her resignation from the New York Times? Yes. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Like you can't, in in these two instances, these two people, and again, I I don't have intimate knowledge of what is going on at the museum there in San Francisco. I have more knowledge about what happened with Barry Weiss only because it's been reported so much in the last 24 hours. But the instances appear to me at this point to be similar in that these two people feel like they can't be woke enough for their colleagues and their colleagues have bullied them into feeling like if they don't go along with exactly where their colleagues are on whatever ideology it is that they're wrong and not just wrong, but racist. That is why we need Jesus. Okay. Here's some performance art. Here's a Swedish fish. Okay. Mm -hmm. Here's my, here's my performance art. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's a little Swedish fish. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's performance art right there. I'll be honest with you. Mike, was that meaningful? Because it was mm-hmm. really meaningful for me. A low-rent candy. That was life-changing. By John Hall. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you have Swedish fish hanging around the house? Oh, yeah, I do. Oh, I was I looking in the closet. Closet. In the closet? <laughs> I was looking in the cupboard for um, some snacks. I found some um, some cashews. Yeah. But I really hit the jackpot when I found a little bag Good of Swedish fish. Good for you. Fish. Anyway. Good for you. Okay, we'll take a break. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dr. Richard Zimmerman will join us in just a few minutes talking about COVID-19 and its impact here, continuing on in Western Pennsylvania. Stay, uh, stay tuned for that conversation. We'll be back in just a few. WORD. Here's Dr. Charles Stanley. Our security in doing anything that God has called us to do is not in our energy, not in our power, but in the supernatural power, in the might, the strength, the endowment of God upon your life to do whatever he's called you to do. Hear the series Complete in Christ, a study of Colossians, this week on In Touch with Dr. Charles Stanley. Tomorrow morning at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. We all scream for ice cream. That's exactly what's happening every day at the Springhouse in 84. We're literally up to our elbows in ice cream. But who could resist a cotton candy ice cream cone? Or how about cookie dough? Or Heath Crunch? Or even raspberry chocolate yogurt? You've just got to try them all. If not a cone, then how about a toasted almond fudge ball? Creamy vanilla ice cream rolled in toasted chopped almonds topped with gooey hot fudge and real whipped cream or better yet a strawberry ice cream shortcake made with real old-fashioned shortcakes smothered with sliced strawberries and again real whipped cream jump in the car now head to 84 in the Springhouse, where we want you to scream for ice cream i love golf and i also stink at golf I've tried it all, the lessons, the special swing contraptions, the neon brush tees, the funny hats, the putting all of my change in my left pocket. I like to say I just happen to have a high golf handicap. My friends would say I have a high talent disadvantage. Luckily, while I might be fighting some disadvantages on the golf course, at our Faith and Family Mortgage Team, we're lucky to be able to serve listeners with a unique advantage. Our team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender. 
which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. And for you, that can mean shorter turnaround times and often a lower rate, which could save you monthly and lifelong money on a new home, refinance, or cash out refinance. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Middle Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, Mississippi, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Seasons of change and uncertainty can be difficult, even scary, but they don't have to control or define you. The counselors of the Grace Wellness Center would consider it a privilege to come alongside and help you replace the fear and frustration with freedom and peace. While office visits are still available throughout the area, Grace Wellness Center also offers online and phone appointments to make counseling convenient and available on your terms, accepting all major insurances at thegracewellnesscenter.com. always happy to welcome Dr. Rick Zimmerman back to the program. Rick's been with us regularly since March as we've been uh, all watching the COVID-19 situation unfold in the Pittsburgh area. Uh, Dr. Zimmerman is a COVID-19 researcher collaborating with the Centers for Disease Control. He clinically tests and treats coronavirus patients here in Pittsburgh and has decade plus experience as an infectious disease epidemiologist. Rick, welcome back. Hey, good to be back with you. Always good, Rick. Listen, we've been doing so well here uh, for such a long time in Western Pennsylvania. However, we are now finding ourselves in the midst of an uptick in positive cases. Yes, Uh, we certainly are. In fact, in the last, I would say, two and a half, three weeks, we've had half of the cases since uh, the epidemic started in the county. So, yes, big blip, um, actually half what does that mean, Rick? I mean, I, I, as I'm reading the numbers, uh, I'm reading, oh, these are backlogged from, you know, three weeks or so or a month ago. Uh, are we really sliding backwards, like, you know, towards March, where all of a sudden things are going to have to be shut down? We're going to lose green and go back into yellow, maybe red? Well, those are political decisions, so I don't know the answer, but we clearly have allowed the virus to circulate by, I think, opening up a little too much, not wearing enough masks, not social distancing enough. The virus lives in the nose, and so the real thing, um, other places too, but the highest place is the nose. And so it's our noses we have to protect. Hmm. Okay, so if it's the noses then, then that would take us to the mask. Talk to us about the, the, the need to wear a mask and mask quality. Sure. I wear a mask whenever I'm going to be seeing patients, when I'm out and about um, in buildings. Uh, I don't worry so much if I'm at a swimming pool or a park where I'm essentially alone or close to being alone. The virus, um, it's the amount of time that you are close to other people's breath zone. That's what really is key. So the masks, I think, are important to wear whenever you're close to those breath zones, um, particularly indoors. Um, The quality, N95, you've heard, that is the 95%, and those are great masks uh, because of the the shortages. We like to leave those for the healthcare workers. Um, But the mask quality uh, is important 
you, the, this is a fairly large virus compared to other viruses, and you can catch it in the cloth material, um, but it's the more layers of cloth you have and the tighter the weave. The fewer layers of cloth, the more open the weave, the greater the chance that you could get it. And the most open, lightest things probably only protect other people, don't give you personally much. The multi-layer, heavier, uh, tighter weaves, that protects you. Hmm. Okay. Rick, talk about um, being outside. So, you know, a lot of people, most people other than John and I uh, have air conditioning. And so people are staying inside because it's been really hot. Um, Talk about how air conditioning is not helping us in trying to fight off the virus. This requires a little nuance. It's the question of what is the air conditioning? Is it recycled indoor air in a public place like a restaurant, or is it drawing in outside air? Mm -hmm. Now, you may have been in your car, and you've noticed that you can recirculate the air, and that saves energy. So most cars are set up in the air conditioning to use the same inside air. You can often set the controls differently to, to suck in more outside air. You can do the same on a number of air conditioning units. So it's really how that's set if it's set to recycle the indoor air, that's where you get to your problems, particularly if it's a restaurant where other people's air is what's being um, recycled. I see. So, Dr. Zimmerman, um, as you've been following this closely, you're seeing patients. What about your own safety protocol? Are you in any hurry to go out and to go to outside dining? Would you go to Kennywood Park? How about, uh, you know, just the uh, walking around in life? How how do you go about that where you think this is good and, uh, you know, a a positive thing to do? Sure. In my suburban neighborhood, I do walk around unmasked. Um, You know, if a neighbor says, will you come over and help me with something, as that happened last night, I put the mask on to go over to the neighbor's house. Um, Regarding exercise, I I jog and swim outside. I don't wear a mask, obviously, in the pool, and you can't wear one in jog, uh, unless you are a super athlete, and I'm not, um, and so those things are, but uh, I'm not going indoors to restaurants. Um, when we go to a grocery store, we wear masks. We try to limit the number of people in our family going to the grocery store so that we don't make extra trips, um, so we really try to limit um, the exposure, and when we are exposed, wearing the mask. I see. So, and I also want to say about the mask, to protect yourself and others, yes. since it's mostly the nose, the fit around the nose matters. That's the key. All right. Rick, okay, so let me break in and say, so the, the mask with like the little pinchy thing up by the nose, that's a good thing? That's key. Yes. When I see masks gaping at around the nose, and that's the portal of entry for the virus typically, I, I kind of go, oh, you know, I don't want to be rude to people, okay. but... I kind of want them to tighten it up or alter the mask. Yes. Rick, you know, we've been reading along and following what other states are thinking about and how they're approaching the virus. Of course, in California, they've been saying, you know, when uh, late August comes, the school will not be in session. You know, we, like you yourself, have kids who are at the university level. What does that look like? Um, 
I mean, we had a professor on yesterday and he said, well, I do believe that we will open, but probably at some point I'm expecting, you know, when fall comes that we would close early. I know it's hard to crystal ball something like this, but safety measures in place, is it viable? I mean, to look to, to look at kids in school? So the question is, how much risk are you willing to take? Uh, the University of Pittsburgh, where I do teach, is uh, having a mixture of online and in-person classes. It's shortening the, or starting the term a little earlier, canceling the Labor Day holiday, and finishing everything on campus by Thanksgiving so that nobody goes Thanksgiving or Labor Day intentionally goes home and comes back in potentially bringing the virus back. Um, exams could be, of course, online afterwards, but uh, that's the way they're doing it. I also think the building safety is part of this, be it a school, be it a church, or being a business. And there are controls that can be put in or safety measures personal protective equipment like masks is one level, but there's other levels. There's, for instance, administrative controls. You can have in your church service, your business or whatever, classroom, you can have an entrance and an exit that are different, and you can channel people flow-wise so that they're not bunching up, and that's an administrative control. You can also do the engineering controls where you change the um, air circulation, so there's much more air exchanges. Um, you get a church could uh, physically mark off every other pew to socially mm-hmm. distance. So you can do a lot um, of very constructive things with the combination of administrative and engineering controls. Okay, that's encouraging. We're talking to Dr. Rick Zimmerman, COVID-19 researcher, collaborating with the Centers for Disease Control. Rick clinically tests and treats coronavirus patients right here in Allegheny County. Um, Rick, let's talk about antibody testing. Um, every once in a while, and by every once in a while, I mean like every day, day and a half, I see all sorts of articles pop up about how antibody tests are showing that um, immunity from the coronavirus only lasts for a month, that only lasts for three months. Uh, It's not going to last at all. What are you hearing about that? I think we still don't know. We know that certain antibodies do wane. That doesn't mean they aren't um, necessarily protected after infection and, of course, when we get vaccines after vaccination. God has really made us with a wonderful defense system in the body and that has several branches of defense. Antibodies are one important branch of defense, but just like we have um, Army, Navy, Air Force, um, the body has different parts of the defense system. And uh, if the antibody defense system isn't working uh, long term, doesn't mean other parts aren't. Same. So, Rick, um, I've, I've been reading this week that uh, there are virus trials very small underway. They're looking for volunteers, as a matter of fact. Um, when you look ahead, uh, are we anywhere near, you know, uh, once the vaccine becomes available and people start to get the vaccine? I mean, that might be when? Um, February, March? I mean, is it that far away or, or are we even closer? I think you're right. It's probably February, uh, roughly. Uh, But that all depends on how the trials go. And those are very hard to predict in advance. Nobody's ever undertaken such quick trials. Um, They're called phase three trials of 
30,000 people in this short period. We've done large trials in vaccinology for other vaccines over a couple of years, but this is new territory. It's actually exciting. Hmm. Rick, before you leave us, I want to ask you about the increase in cases in Allegheny County, but there's not a huge increase in deaths. So that's encouraging, right? It makes us think that physicians like you um, and nurses and all those involved in healthcare are learning how to treat this illness. Yes, we know a couple of drugs work. Steroids work for severe inpatients. We also know that remdesivir works. So we know two things that we didn't know five months ago. So we have good evidence now. And I think that's actually becoming more standard of care for the very severe ill. And we've learned about positioning people who are short of breath onto their stomachs called proning. So we've learned a lot about treating severe illness. Um, The next step is we hope we get some treatments for the moderate illness and try to get people. And those studies are now starting. And Rick, any more news on blood type and its correlation with uh, being susceptible to the illness? Yes, I'm sorry for my um, uh, brothers and sisters who are Group A, because yes, that's uh, the blood type A is at a higher risk. There's a number of risk factors, diabetes, um, and there's a biochemical basis for this, a genetic basis. Uh, But there are risk factors uh, medically, and um, type A blood is one of them, uh, always thought to be the most protected. So, Rick, uh, in the midst of it all, I mean, we see a little rising trends. There's some reason, I guess, for pessimism, but also uh, there's reason for optimism as well. It's a mixed bag as you join us this week. It certainly is a mixed bag. I think um, as believers, we need to remember this isn't surprising to God, um, as painful as it is for some of us. Um, and we're going to have to have our faith rest in him. Um, but we also are going to need to uh, work hard to do what we can to protect ourselves, our families, and each other. I'm into that. Well, Dr. Zimmerman, thank you. It's always a, a pleasure for your insight here and uh, allowing us to peek in behind the curtain of what's going on in Western Pennsylvania in the medical community. So thank you so much for your contribution to the show. All right. Good to be on. God bless. Thank you. Dr. Richard Zimmerman, uh, really uh, just a, a good, reasonable source throughout this, who's been with us almost weekly since March. And uh, God help us all, right? Wear your mask. We'll take a break, come back. Uh, we're going to read public reading of Scripture. We've been doing this almost every day on the air. So stay tuned for that as we read from First Peter. Just in a few minutes here on The Ride Home with John and Kathy. If you are a caregiver for a family member or loved one, this is an important message. Excel Home Care will pay you to take care of your family member or loved one. Yes, you heard right. You can actually get paid to provide care for those you love. To learn more, contact Excel Home Care today and get started right now. Care and quality when you need it. Excel Home Care, 412-212-8950. 412-212-8950. XL Home Care, a help at home company. Tom Hanks stars in an Apple original film. You vote Starboard Bell! Here they come. Inspired by actual events. He's trying to slip under us! Fire! The only thing more dangerous than the front lines. He hits directly on the convoy was the fight to get there. What are we going to do? We'll bring hell down from on high. All hands, brace for collision! 
Tom Hanks in Greyhound. Ready PG-13. Watch it exclusively on Apple TV+. You've all helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to my listeners. You can get great discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the radio listener specials. You're going to see some amazing offers. Right now, MyPillow is offering an exclusive radio special. Today, we're offering buy one, get one free on a variety of amazing products, including the Supima MyPillows, MyPillow Towels, Roll and Go Anywhere Pillows, Duvet Covers, Giza Pillowcase, Bolster Pillows, and Neck Pillows. Plus, if you buy Mike Lindell's book, What Are the Odds? From Crack Addict to CEO, you'll get free shipping and a $25 gift card. Just go to MyPillow.com, enter promo code WORD, or call 800-391-0954. Be sure to use promo code word. MyPillow is answering the call for more face masks as the country continues to deal with a global coronavirus pandemic. They'll be making face masks for hospitals across the country. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune into Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. We depend on our drinking water supply daily, but where does that water come from? Your water provider encourages you to get to know your local water source so together we can protect and preserve it. The investments we make as a community to protect our water source now ensure we have a sustainable drinking water supply for the future. Visit drinktap.org to learn more. This message is brought to you by the American Water Works Association and your local water provider. Both John and I have been committed to the public reading of Scripture since this coronavirus thing started. It's just... It's important to do. It's different. It engages your brain in a different way. And um, the passage that I picked for today is from First Peter 3. And we've done it before on the show. I think we maybe have done it twice. But I, I read it this morning. I read all through First Peter beginning to end when I woke up. Nice. And I thought to myself, if we read nothing but this passage for the next five years, it's just it. there's so much there and so much that America needs right now. Um, every person who calls on the name of Jesus needs to hear this and put it into practice. So that's why we're doing it again. So this is First Peter 3, 8 to 14. This is in the NIV. John? Finally, all of you, be like-minded. Be sympathetic. Love one another. Be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those. Who do evil? Who is going to harm you if you're eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. (laughs) First Peter 3, 8 through 14. 
I mean, isn't that that amazing to hear that? Yeah. Love one another. Be compassionate. Revere Christ as Lord. Mm -hmm. Don't fear people who are going to block you. Don't Mm -hmm. fear their threats. Don't be frightened. Do not repay evil with evil or insult for insult. Mm -hmm. This is the age we live in, right? I know. And this is so, this is the absolute alternative to the age in which we live. So it's amazing to think 2,000 plus years ago, Man was still yes, doing this. exactly. You're right. That's <laughs> so like, true. And here we are. Yep. We learn nothing mm. because our hearts themselves are broken. Mm. We need the Lord. Mm. Take a break. Our five o'clock hour. We're going to talk about uh, our commitment to the local church, particularly in light of long-term suffering and spiritual abuse. Wendy Alsop will join us next. Stay tuned. Five o'clock hour, the ride home here on Word FM. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com, in the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Arizona, Texas, and Florida are together reporting about 25,000 new coronavirus cases as new restrictions aimed at combating the spread of the pandemic take hold in the U.S. and around the world. Alabama will begin requiring face masks after the state reported a pandemic high of 40 deaths in a single day. Delta Airlines says it expects to take a charge of up to $3.3 billion to cover the cost of early retirements and buyouts for employees as it shrinks in response to a sharp decline in air travel. The airline said this week that 17,000 employees have agreed to depart the company. Stocks rose today on Wall Street following some encouraging, though very early, results in developing a coronavirus vaccine. The Dow pushed forward 227 points. The Nasdaq up 61. The S&P gained 29. This is SRN News. Did you buy into the timeshare lies? I can tell you that I had a four-year experience with a timeshare corporation who did nothing but lie to me. That swapping locations was easy? They made this sound that this would be a really good deal. That I could go anywhere, anytime I wanted to. That never worked out. Timeshare lies. Thousands of timeshare owners know the feeling. I'm Chuck McDowell, founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I worked for the largest timeshare company in the world. When I learned the truth about what they were selling, I quit my job and instead became the pioneer in helping folks get out of their timeshare contracts legally. I understand that trusting anyone after buying a timeshare is a difficult task. That's why I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare contract, you'll pay nothing. For a free information kit on how to cancel your timeshare, call Wesley Financial Group now. 800-605-5757-800-605-5757-800-605-5757. It's time to stand with Israel. Sebastian Gorka here inviting you to register for a life-changing trip to Israel December 2nd to 11th. Join me, my friend Mike Lindell, and hundreds of patriots on the Stand with Israel tour, a journey to the Holy Land to get first-hand insights into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. Register today at sebgorka.com. 
On the Stand with Israel tour, history, culture, and faith will converge right before your eyes in a truly remarkable country. I'll take you behind the scenes to explore over 40 iconic sites during an all-inclusive 10-day tour this December. We'll pray at the ancient Western Wall, sail the picturesque Sea of Galilee, float on the Dead Sea, explore modern Tel Aviv, and much more. Best of all, we'll be together with like-minded supporters of the nation of Israel. Reserve your spot today and travel with me on the Stand with Israel tour. Visit sebgorka.com and click on the Israel banner. That's sebgorka.com, S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A.com. First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community. The message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music and the people. The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation. The people are amazing and truly love one another and Christ, and our pastor preaches the gospel. I want everybody to Pittsburgh to come and experience. First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, in the heart of the city, with the city in its heart. It's easier to change the world than you think. Sponsor a child in extreme poverty with Compassion International, and you will change the world for that child. Just text the word CHILD to 83393 to sponsor right now. Eager to continue your theological learning or engage more deeply with Scripture? Enroll as a non-degree or certificate student and take Greek, Hebrew, or other courses online this fall at Pittsburgh Theological Seminary. Application deadline is July 30th. Visit pts.edu. Clear to partly cloudy tonight's low 68. Humid with clouds and sun Thursday. Watch for some strong thunderstorms around in the afternoon hours. High 87. Thursday night showers and a thunderstorm. Otherwise cloudy, low 69. Friday, clouds and sun with a shower or thunderstorm. Humid, high 86. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along for the 5 o'clock hour of the Wednesday edition of the Stay Home with John and Kathy. Kath, good to see you. Thank you. Um, uh, Barry Weiss. Now, um, this is someone that we've read throughout the years. She's got Pittsburgh roots she was a, uh, up until yesterday, a journalist and opinion uh, writer for the New York Times. And boy, um, I mean, it means something to us. I think probably for a lot of people, they kind of go shrug their shoulders and go, why you guys even care about this or talking about this? But it does have a lot to do with where we are culturally here in the United States right now. Yeah. Yeah. So Barry Weiss, a native Pittsburgher, uh, grew up here, went to high school here. Her dad's been a guest on our show. I don't, has she ever been on our show? No. Okay. Um, Barry Weiss was a writer for the Wall Street Journal for a long time. She was hired away from the Wall Street Journal by the New York Times because post uh, the 2016 election, they were trying to reckon with the fact that they were so profoundly wrong about who was going to win the presidential election. The New York and, Times. Yes, the New York Times was. And so they figured, okay, so this, we need to, you know, reach out and, you know, hire people who maybe have a different thought perspective. So they hired Barry Weiss. I don't think I would not call her a conservative. I would call her. She'd call a, herself a moderate. Okay. I'd call her a free thinker. 
Mm-hmm. I like her. I don't think you can always predict where she's going to come down on an right. issue. She's she's written a lot of terrific pieces for the New York Times about social issues, um, about people who are heroic or interesting in one way or another. I mean, she has so many. Uh, she has a wonderful resume that she's put together over the years. But uh, yesterday she decided that she was done, that her time at the New York Times was over. Right. And why does this matter? Well, it matters because Barry Weiss resigned for the same reason that the man resigned. We talked about in the four o'clock hour from the uh, art museum in San Francisco, Francisco because her colleagues do not think she is woke enough. And so when she expresses an opinion that they don't think is boilerplate, then her own colleagues at the New York Times just go after her on social media like it's their whole job. Now, let me read a portion of her resignation letter, which she made public, John. Here it goes. Twitter is not the masthead of the New York Times, but Twitter has become the ultimate editor As the ethics and mores of that platform have become those of the paper, the paper itself has increasingly become a kind of performance space. Stories are chosen and told in a way to satisfy the narrowest of audiences rather than to allow a curious public to read about the world and then draw their own conclusions. I was always taught that journalists were charged with writing the first rough draft of history. Well, now history itself is one more ephemeral thing molded to fit the needs of a predetermined narrative. Mm. This is from Barry Weiss's resignation letter that she published online yesterday. Let me read one more portion of it, John. She says this. My own forays into wrong think have made me the subject of constant bullying by colleagues who disagree with my views. They have called me a Nazi and a racist, which is ironic because Barry Weiss is Jewish. I've learned to brush off comments about how I'm, quote, writing about the Jews again. Several colleagues perceived to be friendly with me were badgered by coworkers. My work and my character are openly demeaned on company-wide Slack channels where masthead editors regularly weigh in. There, some coworkers insist I need to be rooted out if this company is to be a truly, quote, inclusive one, while others post axe emojis next to my name. Still other New York Times employees publicly smear me as a liar and a bigot on Twitter with no fear that harassing me will be met with appropriate action. They never are. Right. Now, this matters, even though it's the elitist New York Times, it matters because people in the news industry, of which, you know, if you're listening right now, and if you read anything online, you're a consumer of the news. So the New York Times, as the standard bearer, uh, at least, you know, in theory, of the excellence of what used to be called journalism, that has fallen by the wayside. And now, instead of journalism in this country, and perhaps around the world, but especially in this country... There is no journalism anymore. What there is is opinion-fueled and mostly left-leaning, agenda-driven push of a news cycle. And, you know, when you hear the, pre- the president, and, you know, the president's spot on about this. When you hear him say fake news, fake news, fake news, when I first heard that, I was like, what's, what's he talking about? But the fact of the matter is there is this volume, this uh, unrelenting engine of fake news that comes of, comes to us that is filtered heavily mm-hmm. from a very hardcore left-leaning agenda. And if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, there's a big problem because you know 
A lot of people do not want to engage with Christians. We are the enemy to the left. And I don't believe this is yeah. propaganda okay, or fear mongering. Yeah, but here's the thing. I, we're, Christians are as much in the bullseye from people who are on the far left as people who are on the far right. Because Christians do not, or at least should not, come down on the side of any political party. Because Jesus did not fit into any category, right? There are things that are profoundly wrong on the right, and there are things that profoundly are wrong on the left. My problem with the New York Times is not that it leans left, because every newspaper historically has leaned in some way or another. You know, they all advocate for a particular candidate when it's time. That's fine. I don't care about that. What I care about is that there is space in the editorial world of that paper for other perspectives to be heard. And that is what's wrong with the New York Times. Because if Barry Weiss, being the unbelievably talented and incisive writer she is, if there's no room for her at the New York Times when they specifically hired her so that she would be her, and then when she showed up as her, they didn't like it, then I'm not interested in the New York Times. And so the reason we bring it up to you all as listeners is because we quote the New York Times all the time and have for the last 10 plus years. Right. And the big thing is, when you turn on the news or you read the news, you want to believe what you're reading is true. And it's filtered through a worldview in some way that you go, oh, I recognize that. That's part of my neighborhood or part of my city or the country that I live in. Now, the news has become so partisan and so toxic, you don't know what's true or not. So you have to work super hard. Right. And, and, and a way that any news organization, whether it's a newspaper, a TV, radio station or whatever, can be can attract as many people as possible is if they just allow people to think for themselves. And that's how every news organization goes south is somehow they get a feeling whether it's whether they're MSNBC or they're Fox News or they're ABC or whatever it is. They get this idea that they are the vanguard of truth and rightness. And so if you're going to jump on our bandwagon, then you're okay. But if you're outside it expressing some other point of view, you're not okay. Listen, I don't know how many different parts of history we need to talk about before we recognize that's a bad idea. I'm into that. Thank God we have Jesus, right? The way, the truth, and the life. Let me read just a little bit of this, John, before this is just the conclusion of her piece. This kind of wraps it up. This is Barry Weiss. She says, the paper of record is more and more the record of those living in a distant galaxy, one whose concerns are profoundly removed from the lives of most people. She goes on to say, even now, I'm confident that most people who work at the New York Times don't hold these views, yet they are cowed. They are cowed by those who do. Why? Perhaps because they believe the ultimate goal is righteous. Okay, so if they believe that, you know, wherever the New York Times is going progressively is the way that everybody needs to go, then even if they're objecting to the way the New York Times is coming down on people who disagree, then they're going to go along with it because they believe that the cause is righteous. Or, she says, perhaps it's because they know that nowadays standing up for principle at the paper does not win plaudits. It puts a target on your back. I mean, do we need a newspaper that's putting a target on the back of their opinion writers? Even if you don't, and listen, there should be writers for every newspaper you don't like. 
and you don't disagree with. You know why? Because it's a big community. It's a big city. You should be able to hear and read constantly from people who think something different than you think. I'm into that. Hey, you know, just a little sidebar as we're talking about journalism, local journalism, uh, you know, for decades, I've been reading Brian O'Neill from the Post-Gazette. Oh, yeah. Brian O'Neill retired. He published his last piece over the weekend. You know, Brian O'Neill's in that mold of a local journalist who presents a really sort of nuanced side, more often than not kind of humorous, like Peter Leo. Remember Peter Leo? Sure. That journalism is long since gone. And so as newspapers suffer and journalism in general contracts, it's important that what's left over, that we can trust what's left right? Because there's so few outlets right now. There are all these mom and pops or these sort of like, you know, people who just invent journalism. So if journalism is going to be true, it's necessary to be in the public sphere. And it's necessary that we trust the journalism, whether it's in print or broadcast, we need to trust those who deliver that. And we need to be able to hear from people who say the thing that we don't believe. I'm into that. Okay, let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, we are going to talk with uh, Wendy Alsop. Wendy's been a guest on our past, our show in the past. She's going to talk about the commitment to the local church. As difficult as it has been to be part of the local church in these COVID-19 times, what about the necessity of the local church, particularly in light of long-term suffering, spiritual abuse, and all that, which the local church carries with it? We love our church. Let's talk about that next. Stick around. The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM. WORD. According to Jeffrey Dean, there are some moms and dads who are too concerned about trying to be friends with their teenagers. We don't parent based upon how we think our kids will respond to our parenting. I think that's that's really important. I have to remind myself of that because my daughters don't always like me. And I got to be okay with that. I got to love them so much that I'm okay that they don't like me. Strategies for raising successful teens next time on Family Life Today. Tomorrow morning at 9 on 101.5 Word FM WORD. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for a free repair or replacement. Visit windowsoruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry from a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company, windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. The people in this movie share three things in common. They're courageous, they've had a life-changing experience, and they're black American conservatives. These are the voices of the movie, Uncle Tom. I don't remember the actual day, but I remember the emotion that I felt when it when it happened. I'm often asked, was there an epiphany? I started asking questions. As I became more politically aware, a lot of the way that I saw things began to change. All of this information I've been taking in for several years. A continuation of these kind of 
contradictions. I had bought into all of these lies. You begin to see what the real agenda is. This is the movie the leftist Democrats do not want you to see. These are the people they do not want you to hear. Their stories will shock you. Their journey will amaze you. Their courage will challenge you. Go to UncleTom.com. Buy it now on pay-per-view. UncleTom.com. Do you have the courage to discover the truth? It's Trinity Jewelers Half Off Half the Store Sale. Beginning this Thursday, Trinity invites you to bring your better half and get half off half the store. It only happens once a year, where 50% of all their jewelry will be going for 50% off. No, they're not going out of business. They've just lost their minds. And the savings will be ridiculous. Trinity Jewelers Half Off Half the Store Sale begins Thursday at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Celebrating life's closest relationships for over 20 years at TrinityJewelers.com. Let's face it, we love Alexa, and we'd love to let her find your favorite radio station. This one, of course. She could find us easier if we taught her a simple skill. To get started, simply say, Alexa, enable the word Pittsburgh skill. And after she confirms, you can then say, Alexa, play the word Pittsburgh. That's all you have to do, and Alexa will learn how to find us. You can listen to us through your Amazon Echo, Echo Show, Echo Dot, and Amazon Tap devices. Alexa, what is your favorite radio station? That's easy. Word 101.5. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. In our club, you save as much as half. That's right, 50% on gift certificates and items from local restaurants, health services, and much more. Discount deals just in time for birthdays, special occasions, or just because. And all from the comfort of your own computer or smartphone. Great deals and awesome savings. Log on now to wordfm.com, keyword shopping. You own a local business, and your national competition is eating your lunch. But you can beat them with our digital marketing experts. We're Salem Surround. We offer a free analysis of your digital marketing and suggest methods that could dramatically increase your sales. There are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround. Total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more by logging on to SalemSurround.com. Connecting you with new customers. church is a meeting we are not meeting in public we're doing the zoom thing which is fine it's good i'm happy to be there and be part of it um but boy i, I sure miss gathering and seeing everybody uh, but you know long before covid19 sort of took away our uh, our participation physically with a local church the local church has been under attack and i think you know probably more often than not you know we're the fault of this we're the we're the people who point the finger and you know it's easy to do well, wendy alsop is with you, us you mean you and me you, well yeah Probably you as well, okay. and probably Wendy as well, right? No, everybody, bring, everybody who goes to the local church. Let's right? bring Wendy into this. Right, <laughs> sorry. Wendy Elsop is with us. She's uh, the author of Practical Theology for Women, the Gospel-Centered Woman, and By His Wounds You Are Healed. Her most recent is called Companions in Suffering. She's a member of the local church in Low Country Presbytery, the Presbyterian Church in America. Wendy, on Zoom, welcome to the show. How are you? Good. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, yeah pleasure. Is, it's super fun to see your face for the Thanks first time. Thanks for being time brave to join us on, on Zoom. On our video. Yeah, we're so glad to see you. Okay, Wendy, one of, the, one of the things I've loved about your writing um, as, uh, from the earliest days I started reading it is that you really have an affection and a deep commitment to the local church. Now, for those of us that do things on kind of a nationwide basis, it's easy to just talk about, you know, the latest news of the day and the church scandal in Chicago and then the one in Virginia and then the one in California. and and really um, desert our brothers and sisters who are in our local church because we don't have any energy left. So talk about that. What's your reading? 
Well, you know, one of the things um, the even scripture talks about this, that the works of the flesh are evident, but often the works of the spirit are quiet and slow. Mm -hmm. It's like leaven, leavening the lump. And so we hear all that is wrong with the body of Christ. We hear of evangelical abuses and I long for us to see what is healthy too. Like if we, if we only consume what is wrong and I'm, I'm an advocate for, um, you know, uh, speaking against abuse in the church, that's, that's a, a, a no brainer, but at the same time, we often miss the good and right and faithful presence of pastors and shepherds in the local church. So I've been blessed. You know, I had a very spiritually abusive situation but then after that, I've also had very loving, humble pastors who have loved me well through my suffering. Um, so I, I, I hope we don't lose the awareness that that is out there. Right. I mean, I feel the same way. You know, there, there is a church that I used to belong to. And when I drive by the church involuntarily, you know, Wendy, I get a little emotional about it because I remember all the people in that church that all the things we were a part of and, you know, the Sunday schools and the good times and everything. And, and so there is something deeply emotional about this. And it's nothing, you know, you want to throw the baby out with the bathwater because the local church is so powerful. And I think we see this now with the absence of the local church, especially, you know, showing up and being part of that community and doing the good works of the local church, whether, you know, it's food drives or helping the elderly or whatnot. Without that, I mean, the country and the world, I think, would fall apart. So it's easy to point the finger, but I think it's, you know, important that we really gather around and say, this is powerful. This is good. This is, you know, I'm a believer in Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. And it's one of the big reasons why I am a believer in Jesus Christ for those who are also believers that we love each other and we show up every Sunday. Absolutely. In fact, we've had, we've been, you know, sequestered because of COVID and, uh, We've just gotten back to where about 10 people will get back together Mm -hmm. to record our church service, to broadcast it over um, Facebook Live. And we have to meet like at eight in the morning in order to have it recorded so we can broadcast it at 1030. And um, my boys and I are not morning people. (laughs) And yet, if I possibly can get squeeze into the 10 people that get to come you know, yeah. when we're all in our masks, we're socially distancing and bumping elbows. But it is just so sweet mm. to see each other. And I think if nothing else, um, I will no longer ever take for granted yeah. meeting together with the brothers and sisters. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? Wendy Alsop is with us. Wendy's the author of several books, including Practical Theology for Women, The Gospel-Centered Woman, and By His Wounds You Are Healed. Her newest work is called Companions in Suffering, Comfort for Times of Loss and Loneliness. Wendy, I saw a uh, some data from a survey that was done last week that broke um, the group of people who were regular churchgoers before COVID into three different groups. And they were almost broken up one third, one third, one third. So one third of the people who previously had been committed on a weekly basis to attending church were still attending church just virtually, right? So COVID-19 had just kind of hadn't changed their commitment, but it had changed you know, what they were looking at and where they were sitting. The second group had kind of branched out and started investigating other churches. You know, how do they do it? You know, what's their stream like? Or what, you know, what do they think? Or what's their music like? Or whatever. And then the third group has completely disengaged. And I was so 
saddened to hear that that third group was almost 33%. I mean, a third of the people who prior to this, Wendy, were feeling like the three of us excited to be with the body of Christ, excited to be developing relationships, helping each other out, being, you know, fellow strugglers um, in sickness and in loss of job and whatever it was, have just forgotten Stopped. about it completely. What, what do you have to say? What's your insight on that? Well, I... It saddens me, but at the same time, I know through the history of the church, there have been seasons of purification, you know, mm-hmm. where the okay. persecution, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it kind of separates those who are committed versus those who aren't. And I'm going to believe that for the long haul and for the good of the long body of Christ, that folks recognizing it's going to be their benefit to recognize, hey, I wasn't that committed. And I'm going to pray that down the road, they would recognize, you know what? I was just kind of culturally going to church, but maybe I didn't really love the Lord. I didn't really love his people. I didn't really love the scriptures. And maybe it'll be down the road, um, a, a place for them to really be honest with themselves. Was I going to church just because my parents did? Or am I going to church because I love the body of Christ? And if we lose folks that didn't actually have an internal commitment, to Christ and the word. It's sad to me, but I don't think in the end, the church will be harmed. And, but my hope and my prayer is that they will come back, but they will come back with a sincere faith and a sincere commitment that sees them through right. persecution and, and hard times in the future. Okay. So then uh, this is good. So as you're speaking now, when the, I grew up Catholic and then I left the Catholic Church, and then I became a Presbyterian. And what I discovered was that for some weird reason, uh, uh, Presbyterians or evangelicals, they look at summertime as kind of like, well, like that's the off season, which is kind of strange to me, right? I mean, and so maybe this COVID-19 along with summertime is just the extended off season that we're in right now. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see if people return or if they have enjoyed the off season and gotten it out of their system and, mm-hmm. you know, but time will tell, but I do hope that it'll be a, um, a, a, a time that purifies the church in a good way. And that even if we're smaller in numbers, when we reassemble that we are people on the same page and, mm-hmm. and we're moving forward in the kingdom, mm-hmm. even if we're fewer, but we are in solidarity together in mutual burden and mission. Boy, that's good. That's Wendy. I really appreciate that. Um, we don't have that much time left. I hate to get into a whole new thing, but I'm going to. Um, what about your feelings about the local church in the issues of race? Um, understanding where we are in America, where we've been in America. Um, give us some thoughts. I think it's valuable that if we really believe the gospel of Jesus, that, that he's paid for our sins on the cross and there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, it frees us to self-examine without guilt. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we can really be brutally honest with ourselves and, and it's uncomfortable, right? Conviction, addressing sin or looking at the sin. I know for me, I uh, was raised in a very racist area and I benefited um, mm-hmm. in particular. I went to a, a private school that didn't allow African Americans to attend until I was 15 years old. Wow. So I know I have benefited from racism, but what the gospel allows me to be honest with it. And instead of being condemned, I can just 
confess, you know, Lord, this is, what do I do with this? How do I face it head on? How do I repair if I've harmed someone because of views I didn't even realize I had? But I just hope that all of us in these discussions will embrace the gospel and be free to self-examine. We don't have to self-justify. We can take it. We can be Mm -hmm. honest because that's what Jesus gives us through the cross. Mm -hmm. And so if someone confronts me and I don't agree with it, I don't I don't think I'm like that. I don't have to be defensive because I'm in Christ. His righteousness is on my account. And I'm wearing his robe of righteousness, and therefore I can face my sin head on. I'm not threatened by it. And then if I need to change, if I need to own something, if I'm pushed out of my comfort zone, it's okay. Because there's no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. And I really believe that. And I think that if the church just grasped that, really, you know, like we say it, but if we really grasped it for ourselves, we could have these conversations without such defensiveness. Yeah. And that would really bless the church. And I I think that's so key when to leave that defensiveness behind. I think the problem is we run into is that we're uh, of two minds in the church. We're looking at the gospel. And of course, we're looking at the news cycle and those two things kind of wrap around each other tight. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the news cycle some ways sort of strangles the gospel sometime. And that makes us all defensive. Right. And we have a lot of what we call whataboutism. Like I can't, you say this thing to me, but I'm aware of all of these other um, hypocrisies around. So I won't hear this one thing for throwing out, well, you're a hypocrite about this or this or this. And, um, but the gospel frees us from that too. Like I don't have to deflect. I can just hear this thing someone is confronting me about or saying to me, and I don't have to minimize it by pointing out all the other bad things everybody else is doing. Um, because that's not how the gospel works. That's not how Christ paid for our cross. That's not how Romans 8, 1 works. Um, so we just should have a different paradigm altogether for how we talk about these things. That's good. Wendy, it's so fun to see you face to face. It is good. I want to wait yeah. again. Yeah, when, okay, so any next idea time when you're going on, back, we'll Wendy, to church? Any idea? Well, I get to go back next Sunday because I'm running the PowerPoint slides, which I always <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Very I love good. it. That's that's Wendy also. Her brand new book is called Companions in Suffering, Comfort for Times of Loss and Loneliness. She can be followed on Twitter. Wendy, thank you. Thank you, guys. Bye. Oh, great pleasure. Take a quick break. Come back. Hey, uh, we were reading today about the, um, the, the scientists have said that the universe is clearly 13.8 billion years of age. Who knew? We'll talk about that in a few minutes. Stick around. I was a little bit surprised, but so happy to see how eager patients were to return to the office. And their loyalty and their friendship means everything to us. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. I was talking to my sister about refinancing, and she reminded me about her first refinancing experience years ago. It was about 25 years ago. And she didn't try to understand the process. Basically, she just picked the company's name out of a hat, hope for the best. Well, in that process, she talked to six different people in the same company. And the night before she was to sign the papers, they called to say they had miscalculated. And please, when you come in tomorrow, bring a check for $950. Now, clueless about the process, she complied and went in with a check for nine fifty, signed all the papers, and that was that. Oh, and at the signing, the agreed upon interest rate was different. Years later, my sister cringes at her inexperience and still feels foolish knowing that she'd been duped. 
At United Faith Mortgage, that story is never going to happen. Their small family team allows them to give you personal one-on-one service, and you'll be with that same person all the way through the process, upfront, transparent, from start to finish. Family and Faith are at the middle, unitedfaithmortgage.com. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. These are very dark and unusual times that we are going through right now. And and I wonder about uh, the world and those who don't know Christ in their lives, what they're thinking about. Because as difficult as things are, at least if you love Jesus, you know that in the end, you'll be with Jesus and everything will be okay. Now, all that to say, especially if you've got a young son or daughter, Those precepts, those biblical precepts of leadership must be instilled from an early age. That's why both Kath and I are thrilled that our children attend Grove City College. Kath? Yeah, if there ever was a time, John, when we need good leaders, man, this is one of those times. You know, you just look at the acerbic nature of how people communicate online, and you look at how dysfunctional our national government is, not to mention state or local government, and you think, gosh, we really need to be training young people to think logically, to act with heart, um, to look outward to the world with compassion and understanding, grace and truth. That's what a leader is all about. And it doesn't happen by accident, John. I'm into that. We need to look at the world, whether it's politics, science, art, or economics, through a strong Christian lens. I would say if you've got a young son or daughter and they're looking at their next step in education, you definitely should look at Grove City College online, gcc.edu. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Clear to partly cloudy. Tonight's low, 68. Humid with clouds and sun Thursday. Watch for some strong thunderstorms around in the afternoon hours. High 87. Thursday night, showers and a thunderstorm. Otherwise cloudy, low 69. Friday, clouds and sun with a shower or thunderstorm. Humid, high 86. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. In astronomy news, um, have you seen the photographs of the comet that has been... uh, I mean, some beautiful images yes. right here in the city of Pittsburgh. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've got astronomy friends. So you go out like, you know, four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I haven't been out. I was going to say, honest. what are you doing? No, not me. You know, okay. but, however, my son has been doing this and checking it out. But man, oh, man, so absolutely beautiful. Anyway, when you look at the heavens and the, the grandeur of that, I mean, it, it's, it, you know, from our lowly earth perspective, it's hard to wrap your mind around that it is. We've talked Impossible. about this in the past. But I saw this today that uh, new figures have come out. This is a story in today's USA Today, that the universe is 13.8 billion years old. And then here's a, here's a clicker. Scientists confirm. <laughs> the universe here, I'll read this little piece. I love it. The universe is about 13.8 billion years old, according to new research recently published by an international team of astrophysicists. Mm -hmm. While this estimate of the age of the universe has been known before in recent years, other scientific measurements have suggested that instead the universe may be hundreds of millions of years younger than this. This is what I love. The scientists studied an image 
of the oldest light in the universe to confirm its age, 13.8 billion years. This light, the afterglow of the Big Bang, is known as the cosmic microwave background and marks a time 380,000 years after the universe's birth with protons and electrons joined to form the first atoms. I'm not quite sure all that what all that means. But if you're looking back at an image somehow through a telescope to see the very first light of the creation of the universe, and you as a scientist, a learned man, can point out... Or woman. Or woman. Can point out 13.8 billion years. That's super cool, isn't it? That is amazing. Yeah, God bless you. Boy, so uh, the scripture says a day... To the Lord is like a thousand years yeah. and a thousand years like a day. 13.8 billion years. What do we got? We got maybe 75, It does also years. make you, it does make you laugh a little bit though, doesn't it? That we're looking at like the vastness of this, like not this thing that we cannot comprehend. And yet we're, we're trying to narrow down to the exact year, how old it is. Right. I mean, I'm and, not saying there's anything wrong with the pursuit. I, I'm just saying there's something kind of ironic about it. It is. And when you think about our daily things that we get upset about, I'm mad about cancel culture. I'm mad right. about Barry Weiss in the New York Times. Really? Really? Really. It's, <laughs> it's okay. Thank God we have Christ. Take a break. Come back. Kurt Bjorklund joins us from Orchard Hill Church. We're going to talk about humility in this age of arrogance. Stay with us. Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music is here on the weekend. With the best new music. New New music. New music from Courtney Ramirez, who we are. That's truly who we are. Your Love Feels Like Home by Johnny Diaz. And Josh Wilson with Revolutionary. God help us get revolutionary. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Brought to you by Trinity Jewelers and Dennis Spira and Associates. 101.5 WORD. On the weekend. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters and downspouts, siding and of course windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company, and all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for a free repair or replacement. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry from a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company, WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. It's an unwritten rule of motherhood to put family before yourself. While very noble, it can also be counterproductive. This is Dr. Corin Garchak, the female half of the husband and wife team at Tranquility Specific Chiropractic. As a mother of two, let me encourage you, mom, not to ignore those aches and pains you've been feeling. Your family needs you at your best. We're here to help you meet the challenge. 
Tranquility Specific Chiropractic, 412-833-1314. WORD celebrates the high school class of 2020, and we'd like to reward your college-bound senior's achievement during our Senior Spotlight Sweepstakes, presented by Salem Media Group. Enter now through August 20th for a chance to win a $500 school package. Click the contest banner at wordfm.com and upload a photo of your senior with a short bio of their future plans. Then, Friday, August 21st, one lucky senior will win a $500 school package. The Senior Spotlight Sweepstakes, brought to you in part by Salem Media Group, Salem Surround, and this station. Premature birth is the number one killer of babies. Those who survive often face birth defects and complications that affect them for life. For hundreds of thousands of families in the United States, this is the hardest thing they will ever have to face. And it's even harder on the baby. March of Dimes is providing education and support to families and funding life-saving research to give every baby a fighting chance. You can help. Do something today. Give them tomorrow at marchadimes.org slash tomorrow. My name is Lola Silvestri, and I'm going to be 95 this year. I was very independent. I fell, and I had to have meals on wheels. America, let's do lunch. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Reverend Kirk Bjorklund joins us from Orchard Hill Church. Orchard Hill Church, uh, really one of the uh, major churches here in the city of Pittsburgh with a, a huge attendance. And uh, Orchard Hill is uh, on the air with us here. Orchard Hill today, 930 every morning. Pastor Kirk Bjorklund. Kurt, welcome back to the show. How are you? Thank you. I'm well. Great to be with you today. Always a pleasure. Kurt, we've, uh, in our show today, had multiple segments just about how crazy it is that we think we understand really complex things. We talked about, you know, people at Kennywood who are all mad that people have to wear masks because this virus is fake. And then we talked about, you know, scientists who are trying to narrow down to the exact year how old the universe is. And then we talked about, you know, Barry Weiss resigning at the New York Times because everybody who works at the New York Times thinks that they have the right opinion and hers is wrong. I mean, it's just, it's hard to keep up, Kurt with all of the all of the arrogance that we have when we relate to each other certainly it's um you know i have looked at this and it feels to me like our culture has shifted in the last six months and what i mean by that is six months ago you could have said that although people had strong opinions about things that there was still a predominant view that said basically the way that you approach the world is you do what's good for you. I do what's good for me. Don't mess with me. I won't mess with you. And now there's a mob mentality that says, I know what's best and everybody ought to get on board with what I believe. Mm -hmm. And the whole cancel culture thing is, is a good indication of that, where as soon as you cross whatever barrier is out there, people want to cancel you instantly. And so that has become a pervasive thing. And it's, and although it wasn't like it didn't exist at all, it's different than it was even six months ago. Right. So we were having dinner conversation the other day, Kurt, and uh, I got two sons. One's twenty, one's twenty-two, and you know, you know, I'll, uh, you know, I'll, uh, how young people are today. I, I don't mean to be like you know the old sto- old uh, fogey, but my my one kid said to me, "Dad, 
you are so out of touch. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a second, what am I out of touch with? And then so he sort of launches into this monologue about what's going on in Reddit and how Reddit will set me straight. Now, that may be well, true. I may be out of touch with Reddit, but holy smokes, I, I had no idea I was that out of touch with the world. Yeah. Well, and accordingly, I guess Reddit is the definition of that now. Uh, Apparently. That, so. so, yeah, you know, as, uh, as somebody of faith, the person we want to look to is obviously Jesus. Yeah. And Jesus, in you know, probably his best-known teaching, the Sermon on the Mount, begins it by saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Uh, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And and my guess is that very few people think a lot about what it means to be poor in spirit, meaning what we tend to do is we tend to look at our lives and we say, you know, I'm, I'm okay probably on that, and I'm not one of those people. But what what happens is arrogance is kind of sneaky and that it sneaks up on us. And probably one of the biggest ways that we do this is with, tribal alliances or in and out groups is what I like to say around that. And what I mean by that is what we start to do is we start to say, well, I'm one of the people who gets it and that group over there doesn't get it. Therefore that makes me a good person. And those group, that group is full of bad people. Right. And you see this in, in every arena um, of life and even just take something. I mean, you were talking earlier about mass at Kennywood, take something like mass today. Um, and I know that that's controversial, but that's part of what adds to it is people start to virtue signaling by saying, I'm one of the people who cares for others, therefore I wear a mask, or I'm one mm -hmm. of the people who realizes that this is a, a hoax, and therefore I'm not going to have my rights in front on, or whatever the, the, the monologue is. But, but as soon as we go down that path, there's a very fine line between being arrogant and being self-righteous. And being full of 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 a conviction that we want to share with people, and and what happens is without even realizing it, through our tribal alliances, our in and out groups, our moral outrage, uh, even our personal piety, is is we get to a point where we're we're actually portraying arrogance rather than poverty. Hmm. Hmm. All right. So what? What causes us to shoot in that direction from the conviction side of the scale over to the arrogant side? Well, it seems that one, there's just, there's a natural human tendency to want to be right and to want to prove that. And, and I think in this current climate where things have become so politicized and divided, um, we want to get, on kind of the side that we think is, is right and, and signal that to other people. And some of it's just human condition. There is pride. That was the original sin of Satan and is wanting to be like God. And so it's, it's a very insidious thing that, that continues to come into our, into our lives. And, and the, the answer we might tend to think is to say, well, let me try harder to be poor in spirit or to be humble. And, mm -hmm. And there's truth to that, certainly, to just understand where maybe arrogance has come into our own lives, just to acknowledge it, to say, wow, maybe the way I've been interacting on social media, maybe, you know, some of what I'm doing is about me trying to make much of myself. But, but really, even in that verse where it says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God, in the original language that for theirs is the kingdom of God is, 
is present tense and it's a dependent clause. And what that means is that is that it's as we recognize that the kingdom of God is our present experience, that's when and how we'll start to become foreign spirit. Um, mm-hmm. Because what we'll start to do is say, I don't need from this what I think I'm getting from it. I don't need to be right. I don't need to be in the in-group. Mm-hmm. I don't need to correct people who are in the other group. Now, again, that doesn't mean we don't have conviction and don't speak about things, but it means I don't need to get something from it for me because I already have from the king of the universe a statement about who I am and that's enough for me that I can be poor in spirit rather than, than full of arrogance. Uh, I saw an article that somebody had written about this topic, and the, the author said that he was with his family, and his son wanted to jump off a cliff into this water, and he was asking for permission, and the dad was like, I don't know, it looks dangerous, but he finally consented, but he said under one condition. He said, as long as we don't take a video of it, and we never share this. It's just our family watching it and remembering. And the the boy, who's a teenager, said, well, then what's the point? He said, the whole reason I want to jump off this cliff is to capture it and send it to on my social media so everyone knows I'm having a great time. And the dad was saying in this article, he said, he said, what we've done is we started to create every moment of our lives as a moment to display something about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and he called it sharenting, where he said even parenting are always sharing stuff about their kids, like, like they do stuff not to create a memory, but so they can share the memory so everyone can see it and say, oh, yeah, you're, you know, you're, you're a good parent. You're a, a kid who dives off a cliff or jumps off a cliff. And, and that it's that, that constant need for some kind of validation. And so the answer ultimately, and maybe why we do it is we want validation. The answer ultimately isn't to say I should stop it. It's to get better validation from being a member mm-hmm. of the kingdom of mm-hmm. God that's present tense, where we say, I don't need that. And that's when we'll be free to share convictions without arrogance, to have discussions without getting uh, into a zone where it's an ugly conversation with people. So this arrogance, Kurt, is certainly insidious, right? It's poison to our spirit, to our lives. Um, So then how do we, if we recognize our own arrogance and know that humility is the way out of that, Uh, It's like a daily practice, right? I need to surrender my arrogance and go back to the cross. Um, What's your formula for that? What are you doing? Is it just a simple matter of recognition uh, and attention to that and then prayer around that? Well, I don't know that I'm doing it that well, but I would say that that it is in the, the discipline of being defined by Jesus, not by our culture. And all of us will do that just a little differently. Uh, mm-hmm. For me, it certainly is tied to my discipline of scripture reading and prayer um, and study. For some, it's more in worship, it's more in community, it's more in service. But there's some way that 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 we remind ourselves at the core of our being that that we are are not just created for this world, and that the validation of this world isn't our ultimate goal. But it's it's the validation that we get from God Himself through Jesus Christ. And when that is what is true for us, that's when we'll we'll start to recognize our our, our own arrogance and turn from it. Um, but as long as I need peer approval or tribal alliances or to be part of an in-group or to have people think my my own piety is something, then I will continue to market myself and 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 kind of act for those things. 
in a way that that's trying to gain something for myself that I already have in a more ultimate sense, yes. but I forget. And that's, and that's the thing. We just have to get to that point over and over. And, and there is no formula. You know, if you uh, take the reference in the New Testament to the Holy Spirit being wind, what's true of wind is you can't totally predict or catch it in any one exact format. Um, it blows where it will, where it decides to on its own. And, and, and so that what that's implying is that, is that catching the wind or being in step with the wind, whatever phrase you want to use, there's not a formula to it. And Kurt Bjorklund from Orchard Hill Church in uh, the northern part of the Pittsburgh area. Kurt, sorry, we're up against a, a breakout. We had to let you go early. Kurt, thank you so much for being with us today. Terrific words. Much more ahead. We're going to finish out today's edition of The Ride Home. This is good news, maybe exactly when you need it to. Right now, MediShare is waiving their new member fees. This could save you money on top of all that you'll save each month by becoming a member of MediShare. So many people are looking for a healthcare solution right now, seeing the cost of COBRA plans, for instance. And MediShare is the affordable alternative to health insurance. The typical family saves $500 a month, but you might save even more. MediShare is a Christian community that shares each other's health care costs, and because of the current economic situation, they're making it easier than ever. Apply by July 31st, and you'll save an additional $170 on your first month. I'll give you the number here in a second, and if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Just tell them the promo code SHARE to receive your additional savings. Maybe now is the time to make the switch, like more than 400,000 people already have, and start saving. Here it is. Call 844-57-BIBLE. That's 844-57-BIBLE. 844-57-BIBLE. Finding the right type of care for your loved one can be a highly emotional decision. Moving your loved one to a nursing home, rehab center, or independent care may not be necessary. XL Home Care can provide a warm, family-like environment with an XL caregiver. Or you may even qualify to get paid to take care of the ones you love. To learn more, call 412-212-8950, 412-212-8950, Excel Home Care, a help-at-home company. Brides come in all beautiful shapes and sizes, and at URB Bridal Informal in Bethel Park, every dress can be custom-made to celebrate every one, including hard-to-find plus sizes. High-fashion, private-label designs made to order, as flattering to your budget as they are to your neckline. Enjoy a personalized, no-pressure, luxury shopping experience complete with complimentary champagne and chocolate and see the entire selection. Find a dress that celebrates you because you are beautiful at urbbridal.com. Your health and wellness are at the forefront at Mattress Warehouse's Clean Shop Promise. As stores reopen with proper sanitation techniques and protective coverings on pillows and mattresses, book a private appointment or visit sleephappens.com. Feel better with a good night's sleep with Mattress Warehouse. We are welcoming patients back and we're happy to do so. Although we can't give the normal hugs or handshakes that they might be used to, the same exceptional dentistry, the same compassionate care is still there. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at stockfamilydentistry.com. WORD celebrates the high school class of 2020 and we'd like to reward 
reward your college-bound seniors' achievement during our Senior Spotlight Sweepstakes presented by Salem Media Group. Enter now through August 20th for a chance to win a $500 school package. Click the contest banner at wordfm.com and upload a photo of your senior with a short bio of their future plans. Then, Friday, August 21st, one lucky senior will win a $500 school package. The Senior Spotlight Sweepstakes brought to you in part by Salem Media Group, Salem Surround, and this station. Who among us does not like Greek food? Several Greek churches are trying to res- uh, res- rescue their COVID-19 ravaged food festivals, mm, right. which are a source of a large chunk of income, of course. So St. Nicholas Greek Orthodox Cathedral in Oakland, mm-hmm. we know it well. No, well. They have so much food because they've had to cancel. They are offering drive through Fridays. No way. Uh-huh. Yep. And that's on their website, St. Nicholas Greek Orthodox Church in Oakland. Also, Holy Cross Greek Orthodox Church in Mount Lebanon announced that its festival is postponed. They are also trying to do the same thing. Holy Trinity Greek Orthodox Church in Ambridge, among the same things. Uh, Presentation of Christ Church in East Pittsburgh. So many Greek churches. This has been a major fundraiser. If you like Greek food, I'd recommend you check out Google and support the Greek food festivals. I'd rather eat Greek food than any other kind of food. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Some souvlaki, oh some gyros, some grape me? leaves, some mm-hmm. feta cheese. Mm-hmm. That's Can good. Yeah, let's eat right now. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.